It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Monday, September 13th, 2021. I'm Kelly Reese, and it's time for the KVMR Evening News. Tonight, the California Report looks at wildfire litigation. The industry has become big business for attorneys in recent years. Then, in National Native News, a soon-to-be-auctioned-off Missouri archaeological site with hundreds of cave paintings finds itself the subject of a contentious debate over whether an indigenous historical site should be put on sale for the highest bidder. We'll take a brief look at regional headlines and weather before science correspondent Al Stoller discusses last week's late-night lightning display to close out our newscast. This is the California Report. I'm Alex Hall in Fresno. We start with the fires burning across California. A new fire started yesterday north of Ukiah and destroyed some homes in a rural area to the northwest of Lake Mendocino. The Hopkins fire has burned a little more than 250 acres and is 20 percent contained as of this morning. Cal Fire doesn't have an exact number of homes that were destroyed in the blaze, but it's likely in the double digits. The fire also forced the evacuation of much of the community of Calpella. Meanwhile, a series of fires ignited by lightning strikes in the central Sierra Nevada are growing. The KNP Complex fire has burned over a 1,000 acres in and around Sequoia National Park. Officials say the fire has the potential to spread to nearby communities in Tulare County. And crews continue to get a better handle on the two largest wildfires burning in Northern California as repopulation efforts continue for both the Dixie and Caldor fires. Both of those fires have destroyed hundreds of homes. California lawmakers want to make it easier for property owners and conservancies to mitigate wildfires by setting fires themselves. Cap Radio's Scott Rod has this story. Prescribed burning is a technique used to reduce overgrown forest land in a controlled manner. The practice dates back thousands of years, but today it comes with a lot of risk. It's unusual for a controlled fire to get out of hand, but when it does, the damages can be very costly. That means insurance coverage is often unaffordable. So lawmakers have set aside $20 million to create a state-run insurance fund. The money would help cover losses if a prescribed burn got out of hand. California has set lofty forest management goals. It aims to reduce fuels on half a million acres annually by 2025. The state currently accomplishes only a fraction of that goal. For the California Report, I'm Scott Rod in Sacramento. Support for the California Report comes from Water Heaters Only, specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement, and Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. As fires ravage Northern California, lawyers have descended on the region in a bid to sign up victims as clients. The emerging wildfire litigation industry has become big business for attorneys in recent years, but some survivors of past fires have a message for the most recent group of fire victims— Buyer beware. The California Report's Lily Jamali explains. 
Ash falls from the sky as Sandy Sullins finishes up a plate of barbecue chicken with her family and other evacuees at a park near the Plumas County Courthouse here in the northeastern corner of the state. They're still reeling from the loss of their home of 51 years to the Dixie Fire. The fire has burned almost a million acres, making it the biggest in California history. Well, we want to hear what's being done or how started the fires, you know, because you don't know. You only hear. And it's the same story over and over and over again. PG&E or... Days after the Dixie Fire broke out, the utility PG&E indicated to state regulators that its equipment may have played a role in sparking the blaze. The air is thick with smoke, both from the fire and from the barbecue, which is free. It's been organized by a group of lawyers. One is local. Brett Cook has been the Sullins' lawyer for many years. We're just providing some food for the, for the people that were evacuated uh, from the Dixie Fire. This is a way of giving back to the community. And it was simply a way to, um, you know, to make people put a little smile on their face. Cook has teamed up with the law group Potter Handy, based hundreds of miles south of here in San Diego. And some of those lawyers have flown up for the event. But not far from the brisket and butterhorn rolls, there's a stack of papers, contracts, to sign up with the firm in exchange for 25% of any reward. This is hardly the only firm on the prowl. We know the destruction of wildfires all too well. When utility companies neglect maintenance and safety, homes and lives can be lost. I saw it. At least two dozen firms are making the rounds, many with the promise of suing PG&E. The utility's equipment has sparked catastrophic wildfires nearly every year since 2015. Justice. Thousands of survivors' research brought them to the watts Guerra law firm. This ad is for a law group headed by Michael Watts, an attorney based in Texas who traveled to the fire zone to hold a town hall meeting at a public library. It featured famed consumer advocate Erin Brockovich, who joined by Zoom. She's been a paid spokesperson for the group. Watts boasts of his role in negotiating a settlement for 70,000 victims of fires caused by PG&E from 2015 to 2018. That deal promised fire victims $13.5 billion. But the deal isn't actually worth that, and never has been. In a highly unusual outcome, half of it was funded as stock of PG&E, which remains depressed as PG&E is implicated in more fires. The head of a special trust set up to distribute their money told us the fire victims will never be made whole. Victoria Gann saw an ad for Watts' town hall on Facebook. She lost her home in paradise in the 2018 campfire and is still living in a trailer. Oh, God, it made me sick and it made me mad. You know, like, it, it's right on the heels of it. Like, you know, give these people a break. <laughs> Gann is one of a number of fire survivors from the past who've been mobilizing to try to educate those now going through the harrowing experience they know all too well. It's kind of like a dog and pony show, you know, that he puts on out there. He puts on the act of the good guy. Watts declined to be interviewed, but in an email, he said the deal was one he was, quote, very proud to have worked on with fine lawyers across California to achieve on behalf of all our clients. David Hollister, the district attorney in Plumas County, has some advice for victims of the Dixie Fire. This is a big, big life-changing decision that you're going to make. So we want you to take a step back, take a deep breath, get all the information you can, 
and then make a really good choice that's going to protect yourself going forward. Hollister says the last thing he wants is for people who just lost everything to be victimized twice. I'm Lily Jamali. And that's the California Report for Monday, September 13th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Alex Hall. Thanks for listening. Up next, National Native News looks into a Missouri archaeological site with hundreds of ancient cave paintings slated for auction this week. Then we head south as 5,000 indigenous women march on Brazil's capital, protesting a move by President Bolsonaro to open large pieces of indigenous land to mining and agribusiness. This is National Native News. I'm Megan Kamrick and for Antonia Gonzalez. An archaeological site in Missouri, scholars say rivals Cahokia Mounds and Chaco Canyon is slated to be auctioned this week to the highest bidder. Fox 2 Now reports the cave has over 290 prehistoric polychrome paintings dating from the years 900 to 1100. The company running the auction says the site has been owned by a St. Louis family since 1953 who have used it mostly for hunting and want to see the site protected. Auction officials say a private buyer could buy the site and donate it back. The cave could be separated from the hunting land and donated as well. But two researchers who have devoted years to studying Picture Cave are appalled by the pending sale. Carol Diaz-Granados and her husband James Duncan told St. Louis Public Radio they believe the property should be entrusted to an organization that specializes in preservation and that it ultimately belongs to the care of the Osage Nation. The detailing is incredible. It is totally unique. There is no other site like it in the eastern woodlands of mm. North America. Dr. Andrea Hunter, director of historic preservation for the Osage Nation, told the publication The Common Reader the tribe has serious concerns regarding the protection of burials and sacred sites and the continuing desecration of places of cultural significance in Missouri. The cave contains the burials of ancestors, she said, and the sale is, quote, another heart-wrenching chapter in the history of Osage sacred places appropriated and owned by people who do not comprehend their true significance. More than 5,000 indigenous women marched to the capital of Brazil recently to protest a move by President Jair Bolsonaro to open up large pieces of indigenous land to mining and agribusiness. The Guardian reported the women marched from their encampment in the capital wearing colorful headdresses made of feathers from parrots and macaws and holding banners denouncing what they call genocide. A lawsuit pending in the country's Supreme Court challenges indigenous rights. Opponents say it would nullify all indigenous claims to land not physically occupied when Brazil's constitution took effect in October 1988. Bolsonaro has called the suit a way to stop Brazil, quote, being handed over to the Indians. Deforestations have soared under Bolsonaro, and the latest challenge is backed by a ruralist caucus in the Congress. They're also pushing a bill that would allow commercial exploitation of native forests without consulting indigenous occupants. At Fort Lewis College in Durango, Colorado, panels that indigenous activists have decried as whitewashing the school's history of forced assimilation were finally removed last week. Colorado Public Radio reports the college began as an army post on land stolen from Native American tribes that was converted to a boarding school where tribal students were forced to abandon their language and culture. Panels on the school's clock tower show this history as peaceful and without conflict. 
Fort Lewis later became a state university, and Native American students were guaranteed free tuition, and a third of the students on the campus are now indigenous. Students, leaders, and activists have protested the history panels, and recently in a ceremony removing the narratives, Fort Lewis President Tom Stritikus described the college's past as part of a cultural genocide. Melvin J. Baker, chairman of the Southern Ute Indian Tribe, described the ceremony as the beginning of a healing period. At least 16 U.S. senators have signed on to legislation to protect voting rights for Native Americans and Alaskan Natives. Among those supporting the bill is Minnesota Democrat Amy Klobuchar, who chairs the Senate Rules Committee. In a statement, she said voting is a fundamental right, but that exercising that right remains too difficult for many Americans, especially those in historically disenfranchised communities. Representatives Sharice Davids, a Democrat from Kansas, and Tom Cole, a Republican from Oklahoma, previously introduced a companion bill in the U.S. House. For National Native News, I'm Megan Kamrick. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. The Indian Arts and Crafts Board promotes Indian artists of federally recognized tribes through its online source directory. Information on this no-charge opportunity available at doi.gov IACB, who support this program. Support by the Center for Indigenous Cancer Research at Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center, dedicated to cancer research, medicine, and cancer care for indigenous population. A no-charge online risk assessment tool is available at roswellpark.org slash assessme. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. In regional news, Nevada County, there's still time to cast your ballot. UBINET reports, as of Saturday, half of Nevada County's registered voters have returned their ballots for tomorrow's recall election. Approximately 37 ballots have been received and 500 people have voted in person at one of the four vote centers. Drop boxes can be found throughout the community, from Briar Patch Co-op to Grocery Outlet to Grass Valley SPD Market and more. For all vote center and drop box locations, visit MyNevadaCounty.com. Nevada and Placer counties were awarded funding from CAL FIRE's $138 million Prevention Projects Fund. These grants enable local organizations, such as Fire Safe Councils, to implement activities that address the risk of wildfire and reduce wildfire potential for communities. Nevada County's South County Shaded Fuel Break was awarded over a million dollars through this program. Through fuels reduction on highly trafficked roadways, the aim is to avoid a severe wildfire altogether, thereby reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Funding for the project will come from CAL FIRE's Early Action California Climate Investments Program. According to the project description, if left untreated, a high-severity wildfire will release large amounts of carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, in addition to threatening more than 15,000 people, millions of dollars of infrastructure, and priceless cultural and natural resources. Today, after a year's worth of community Zoom hearings, committee brainstorms, marketing meetings, and consultations with tribal leaders, the Squaw Valley Ski Resort announces its new name, Palisades Tahoe, reports the San Francisco Chronicle. Quote, Our storied past will remain, but we are evolving, the resort said in a video announcement. Quote, 
but the old name didn't match our values, our spirit, or who we are, end quote. In a newly released statement, the Washoe Tribe of Nevada and California writes, over time, the word squaw came to be used as a derogatory and racist term against Native American women. Native American communities across the country have been working for years to have this term removed from place names in their ancestral lands. Tribal chairman Cyril Smokey observes that, quote, the Washoe people have lived in the area for thousands of years. We have great reverence for our ancestors, history, and lands. We are very pleased with this decision. Today is a day that many have worked towards for decades. The Washoe Tribal Council recognizes the significance of the name change and on behalf of the Washoe people expresses its great appreciation for this positive step forward, end quote. In their coverage of the name changing, the San Francisco Chronicle and Washoe Tribe both address that although some Americans perceive squaw as a benign reference to a young Native American woman, Records show the word was, in fact, wielded as a slur by the colonists who subjugated Lake Tahoe's indigenous inhabitants. The new name, Palisades Tahoe, refers to a prominent terrain feature at the Olympic Valley Ski Area, a set of sheer cliffs laden with steep chutes above the Siberian chairlift that has attracted some of the resort's most famous skiers. The Bennett Fire, which began on August 25th in Grass Valley and burned a total of 59 acres, is determined to have been caused by a person. Investigators from the Nevada County Consolidated Fire District, Nevada County Sheriff's Office, and Grass Valley Police Department say the blaze was started along the roadway in two separate locations on East Bennett Road. The team continues investigating details of the origin. The fire was 100% contained on August 29th. This reported by the Union of Grass Valley. And now for your regional weather and your air quality index. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, Tonight, mostly clear, with a low around 61. Tomorrow, sunny, with a high near 92. Current air quality is good, with an AQI of 23. Tomorrow's air quality is moderate, with a potential AQI of 57. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, widespread haze and smoke before 7. Then mostly clear, with a low around 44. Tomorrow, sunny, with a high near 81. Current air quality is good, with an AQI of 19. Tomorrow's air quality is good as well, with a potential AQI of 48. And to the south in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, mostly clear, with a low around 60. Tomorrow, sunny and hot, with a high near 99. Current air quality is moderate, with an AQI of 95. Tomorrow, moderate as well, with a potential AQI of 51. There was electricity in the air last week. Al Stoller watched the show. You and I and everything around us are made of atoms. The word atom literally means unsliceable. But atoms can be sliced up. Slice up an atom and you get subatomic particles. The most familiar subatomic particle, without doubt, is the electron. Put on a wool sweater and the wool pulls electrons off the atoms in your skin. Pull that sweater up over your head, and the electrons jump back in sparks. Same thing happens in a thundercloud. Though it's not wool and skin, it seems to be solid ice crystals and liquid water droplets. Water droplets pull electrons 
off ice crystals. Just as sparks jump from wool to skin when you take off the sweater, sparks jump from droplets to ice inside a cloud. Or, give them a chance, sparks will jump from the cloud to the ground, as happened last Thursday night, Friday morning. Light travels fast, can go around the world seven times in one second. Sound, on the other hand, travels slow as a slug, takes a good five seconds for sound to travel one mile. We can turn ourselves into a halfway decent stopwatch by counting, putting the word 1,000 in between each number. 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000, 3, 1,000, 4, 1,000. When we see a flash of lightning in the sky, start counting. 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000. Stop counting when the thunder finally gets there. Whatever number you get up to, divide by five, that's how many miles away that lightning flashed. I was camped out on a wood deck beneath a tin roof last Thursday night, Friday morning, and I was counting, at least where I was, outside of Nevada City. Most of that lightning was so far away, I never even got to hear the thunder. Those I did hear were a decent distance away. But some of that lightning was close to some parts of the foothills. Some parts of the foothills got struck. Lightning is somewhere between 30,000 and 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Those fires that did ignite were jumped on. Well done to all our first responders. Spring and autumn are the times of year when we're most likely to get thunderstorms in the foothills. We will probably see lightning and hear thunder again. Let's hope we luck out once more. For KVMR, I'm Al Stoller. KVMR gets support from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, family-owned, operated, and argued over since 1980. Proud supporter of independent thought, whether that's online, over the air, in a can or bottle. Information at sierranevada.com. And Pete's Pizza and Tap House, serving handmade stone-baked gourmet pizzas with gluten-free crust options, plus salads, subs, appetizers, and 16 beers on tap. Open daily at 11.30 on Main Street, downtown Grass Valley, pizza.com. Stick around at 6.30, it's the Women's International News Gathering Service, WINGS. This episode presents excerpts from author, educator, and activist Jeanette Armstrong during her 2004 address to the International Conference on the Gift Economy. She touches on themes of diversity in environment and culture and how communities are sustained by unilateral giving, deep listening, and genuine equality. Then, at 7, we have Democracy Now! with host Amy Goodman. Thanks for listening. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Have a good evening.